And then today, uh, we want to continue in our uh, study of 1 John. Okay, 1 John. And uh, uh, what we've been uh, noticing here is, boy, there are some uh, major uh, truths uh, for us to learn about the Lord. And one of the things that we uh, have been saying is, um, this was written, John wrote this in response to people coming in and evidently bringing some uh, wrong teaching and then leaving. And so the question was, uh, you know, what about the teaching and what about those people? And, and so here, uh, uh, as we have seen in the first few verses of the first uh, uh, chapter, or the first chapter, that these people uh, taught evidently that Yeshua, or we'll say that the Messiah, was not a real human being. That was one issue that they seemed to have, that the Messiah was not a real human being. Uh, and we uh, looked at that and we understood how important it is to understand that he truly was a fully orbed human being and the Lord all at the same time, right? Uh, and uh, evidently these people also came in and taught uh, that there was no such thing as sin or some type of perfectionism or that there is no such thing as sin. And so he deals with that issue uh, as, uh, as well. And now uh, we see here that uh, these people evidently also taught that there was no uh, standard of obedience or that there was no obedience or one didn't have to be obedient or something like that did not have to uh, obey God. And so we, uh, we want to begin today in actually we're in chapter, uh, uh, chapter 2 of 1 John. Okay, and we're going to begin in verse 3, all right? Okay, so we've dealt with the issue of, uh, you know, who Yeshua is and uh, our relationship to him via fellowship. We talked all about that and the meaning of that word. And, uh, and then the issue of sin. We talked about confession last week and forgiveness and cleansing, uh, you know, and how Yeshua is our advocate. And, and now, beginning in verse 3, we read these words of chapter 2 of 1 John. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says... He abides in him, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother, is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness 
has blinded his eye. And so it's interesting, you can um, divide this little section up very nicely. Uh, in verse 4, he says, The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So we see the one who says, I know him, we could say the one who says, I know him, keeps commandments. Then in verse 6, the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So the one who says, I abide in him, lives like Yeshua. And then in verse 9, you see here, it says, the one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. So you have three things. The one who says, I know him, the one who says, I abide in him, and the one who says, I'm in the light. And so the first one, the one who says, I know him, keeps the word of God, keeps the commandments. The one who says, I abide in him or dwell in him, as we've discussed, lives like him. And then the one who says, I'm in the light, loves his brother. So uh, he says, I know him, the one who knows him, abides in him, is in the light. And uh, there's really no need to, uh, you know, uh, tease them out as three different things, really, right? Knowing him, abiding him, and in the light of the Messiah, embracing Yeshua, right? But what's interesting is the way those, the, the, uh, the result of that, keeps commandments, lives like him, and loves his brother. So that's what he's uh, driving at here. Uh, uh, he's answering these people who evidently, I uh, were saying you don't have to, there are no commandments to keep here. you don't have to keep commandments you don't have to live like him uh, and you don't have to be loving uh, and so John is uh, is now saying no that is not what the truth is the truth is that when we say we know him we live for him we 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 are concerned about his word uh, living his way right if we say we dwell in him, uh, or abide in him, or at home in him, then when we look at the life of Yeshua, we desire to live like he did. Okay? And then if we say we're in the light, okay, uh, that means that we are not going to be hating people, but we are going to be loving. Right? Okay. So now, when we uh, go back here and we look at this, first we see in verse 3, by this we know that we have come to know him if we uh, uh, keep his uh, uh, commandments. All right? Now, to those people who evidently had come in, their understanding of knowing God, what it meant to know God, was more like some kind of a mystical knowledge uh, to know, some kind of uh, uh, secretive mystical knowledge, and that is what it means to know God. Not necessarily based on the word of God, or the testimony, uh, you know, of the scriptures, but some type of secret knowledge, okay? But he's saying here, by this we know we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. There's a very uh, uh, tangible way, is what he's saying, a very tangible way, we could say, of demonstrating that we, that we, know, uh, that we know him. So, uh, and that is uh, uh, keeping his word. So we could say that the greatest assurance that we have of knowing, knowing that I know, is my desire to keep the word of God, to live out the word of, of God, even if I don't get it right. That's not the point. 
Remember that if you say that, uh, uh, that there is no sin, uh, then uh, you're a liar. And he says, and you make God a liar. Not only that, that what a believer does is we're characterized by confessing sins. We talked all about that last time. So we should never think uh, that uh, if I really know the Lord, then I will be perfect or sinless. But no, truly, if I know him, which, is, which means that I have come to know him and I continue to know him, I have come to know him and I continue to know him, that I will have a desire for the word of God. Okay? Again, not necessarily uh, uh, getting it uh, uh, perfect, but a desire for it. But that isn't letting us off the hook. <laughs> we really need to practice the Word of God and desire to live it out, because all the way from the very beginning uh, of uh, the Scriptures, there has always been a standard for us to live by, not, not that it determines our eternal destiny, you know, that's not the issue, but uh, of demonstrating that we know the Lord, right? If you go all the way back to, for example, just one little passage here in uh, Leviticus, in uh, chapter uh, 18, it's an interesting little thing here. He says uh, here in Leviticus chapter 18, in verse 2, Speak to the sons of Israel and say, I am the Lord your God. So the first thing he says is, I am the Lord. Not, you might, I might be your Lord if you do this. Now he says, I am the Lord your God. And now he says, this is how I want you to live as my people. You shall not do what is done in the land of Egypt, where you live, nor are you to do what is done in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not walk in their statutes or live their ways. Okay? You are to perform my judgments and keep my statutes to live in accord with them. I am the Lord your God. That's how I want you to live. Okay? Then Yeshua, of course, also uh, says the same thing in a variety of places. He himself says this. One place is on the, in the Sermon on the Mount. Right In the seventh chapter, he's actually in the context talking about prophets, but it, or false prophets, but it applies to anybody. Uh, he says here in verse, um, uh, beginning in verse 15 of uh, Matthew chapter 7, beware the, false, beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from, their, from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. What that is saying is that when false prophets come, the, the result of their work uh, will be bad fruit. Okay, But this certainly uh, applies uh, uh, certainly to us all. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? 
And then you will de- I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice uh, lawlessness. So certainly uh, in the uh, Torah and in uh, Yeshua's words, believing in him, trusting him equals uh, bearing good fruit, walking, walking in his ways. Again, not in perfection, because confessing sins is obedience to God. Okay? Remember that. Right? So then he has, now in verse 24, sort of like the, the universal principle, is the principle behind what he's just said. Therefore, everyone, see this is how it applies to everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and, and the winds blew and burst against that house, yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Very interesting. Those words are very much like uh, uh, written like Proverbs. A wise person and a foolish person. You know, like in Proverbs, a wise person follows the ways of the Lord. The foolish person says there is no God. Right? Of course, that's in the Psalms, but also in Proverbs. We read all about foolish people uh, walking in disobedience uh, uh, to God. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, Yeshua basically you know, is uh, reiterating that. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, walk in my ways, uh, and you will, you will withstand the storm. Walk in my ways. The result was that when Yeshua had finished these words, the multitudes were amazed at his teaching by his authority and the words, indeed, that he said. Uh, And it's very interesting. Yeshua gives us a pretty high standard. So many times you read these, you hear sermons or read books when when obedience to the word is not accentuated. Rather, uh, grace is accentuated. Now, grace should be made much of the the undeserved favor of God that we have in Yeshua. That, That is a big deal. But it doesn't mean that there is no responsibility to walk with him as it has always been. See, very important. Then there's another very interesting place where Yeshua talks about this issue of obedience, of knowing him and being obedient. And that is in John chapter 5, in the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Very interesting. In verses 28 and 29. All right. This uh, comes right after uh, where Yeshua uh, is talking about his authority and that the Father has, uh, well, I'll just read it. If you go back to actually verse 24, verse 24 of John 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, shares in that fellowship of, of the life of Messiah, has eternal life, and does not come into judgment but passes out of death into life. So that's great. He who hears my word and believes him has eternal life. Now, verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those uh, who hear shall live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And remember, that is the life that he gives us. The eternal life that we have is that fellowship of his life. Now, and he gave him authority to execute judgment, 
because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tomb shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Now look what it says. It doesn't say those who believe. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. Those who committed the evil or evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Does that mean that that the resurrection of life comes just to those who do good deeds? No, and you have to go back and look what he says. That it's the one who hears and believes who has this life and the promise of this resurrection. But you see, to Yeshua, as well as it was to Moses, as we'll see to Paul and to James and to John, that kind of covers it, you know, I'd say, uh, that one who believes lives a certain way. That it is us who have created this chasm that while I believe, I'll get around to obedience at another time. Or it's not that important. But as long as I have the secret knowledge, I'm okay. As long as I have Yeshua hidden in my heart, don't worry, I got the grace. It's going to cover the sins. doesn't really matter. But I got the, I got the knowledge. I got the, I got the mystery. You know, I've got the, ooh, I've got the faith. But according to the Bible, faith and faithfulness cannot be separated. Faith and faithfulness cannot be separated. Okay? So that means that if a person is simply good or tries real hard to sort of, uh, you know, follow the good book, a person can be good but not faithful. A person can live a stellar uh, Judeo-Christian ethic but not be faithful. Okay? A person who is faithful is fa- has faith and trust in God and in his revelation and his word and therefore in the Messiah. And so it goes hand in hand. But again, we may be sitting here saying, oh no, well, you know, in the last 10 minutes, I can think of five sins, you know? Remember, confession is obedience to God. Confession is obedience to God. It is not about perfectionism. It is not about sinlessness. It's about recognizing, yeah, I do sin, but I have an advocate. I know the Lord. I know that when I confess my sins, I will experience that faithfulness. I will Because it says God is faithful right now. I will experience his faithfulness. And I will be forgiven and cleansed. That is the mark of a Messiah follower. And so here uh, he goes on to say that, By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his uh, commandment. The one who says, I have come to know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. It's kind of interesting, you know, that if you go back to the first chapter, you're a liar if you say there's no sin, and you're a liar if you say that that there's no obedience, or you don't have to be obedient. It's kind of interesting. So that perhaps... It's when we don't find our authority in the scriptures, because when we find our authority in the word of God, that's where uh, the belief in sin comes from, because we believe that there, there is a word, there is a standard, and so there is a need for obedience, and when we're not obedient, we sin. But if we don't hold to that, we're a liar, and we make God uh, a, a liar. But for us, sometimes it's sort of a case of, 
I, uh, I don't believe in, in sin. I just believe in, in perfectionism. Or uh, I'm really legalistic. And so therefore, how can you say you're a believer if you sin? Remember we talked about that? I, I, that is, in a sense, almost like saying there, there is no sin. Having a wrong understanding of sin. Or uh, that are, we, are, we so accentuate grace at the expense of obedience. These are, these are both wrong. See, And so we need to understand that we do sin and we confess our sins. And we need to accentuate uh, obedience to God, to love his commandments, to desire to live for him. So we talked about what Yeshua says, but you're probably familiar. We won't even take the time to turn there. But in Romans chapter 6, shall we continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be, right? And he goes on to say that if you know the Lord, you're not going to have that attitude. Because if we have died with him and we have risen with him and we walk in newness of life, so we're not going to have an attitude of, well, let's keep sinning so we can demonstrate how much grace and unmerited favor. I will be so bad that I will show the world just how much grace there is. That is twisted thinking, right? Uh, although sometimes we kind of live that way. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm covered, you know? And then, of course, James says faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Works does not always mean legalism, but walking with the Lord. Obeying his word. And now here John says, obedience is a sign of knowing him. So it certainly needs to be accentuated without becoming legalistic uh, or without using it as a determination of whether you, you know, uh, you're uh, who you are or welcome or not welcome or, or something like that. But we need to recognize uh, that uh, obedience uh, needs to be uh, demonstrated, and it really is a wonderful assurance of trust in God. And I'll say it again. Remember that when you're convicted of sin and you confess your sin, that is a mark of obedience uh, uh, to God. And so the scary place to be is when it doesn't matter. See? The scary place to be is when we just say, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. It's how I am. What's, what are you going to do? That's like saying there is no sin. That's like saying there is no obedience. That's like making God a liar when it doesn't matter to us. It needs to matter, see? And so both in feeling the sense of guilt and confession and in walking in obedience, those are signs of knowing uh, the Lord, okay? So now he says, uh, of course, you know, in verse 5, but whoever keeps his word, uh, in him the love of God has truly been perfected, meaning has come to its completion and will bear fruit. By this we know that we are in him. Now he's going to say what that is. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner uh, as he walked. Okay? So, now uh, he says, the one who says he dwells in, remember we talked about the word abide, means to be at home in Messiah Yeshua, right? Uh, ought to walk in the same manner uh, as he walked. Uh, uh, so that means that we need to uh, uh, read the, the Gospels 
And uh, we need to look at the life uh, of Yeshua, uh, and we need to do what he did, okay? Now, we'll talk about what he did in just a minute, okay? But we want to just keep that in mind right now, that if we're going to uh, say we abide in him, that we need to walk in his ways. Now, by the way, isn't it interesting that he uses the word walk here? It's the very same word that Moses used in Leviticus chapter 18 about walking in God's, uh, God's ways and not in the ways of the Canaanites or the Egyptians, right? And so here, uh, we're to walk in a manner as he walked, okay? Now he says, Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have uh, from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have word you have heard. Now we talked about the beginning. Remember, uh, I'm not going to take the time to go. Through. You can listen to uh, to these on our website and so on. But at, at the beginning here, he talks about the beginning at the beginning of this uh, little letter, and then in his gospel, he talks about the beginning. And the beginning is the beginning, not uh, the beginning of Matthew. Okay, uh, but. God's interaction with people, going back to the Torah, going back to uh, God's word uh, uh, from, the ver- from the beginning, and commandments from the beginning. It's not uh, an, uh, uh, something new. And that is, you know, boy, that is so important for us to grasp and to remember. And I know that in some ways here we're kind of preaching to the choir, but I know it takes about 30 times for us to, you know, get inside of us. Or, and that is... That when we uh, are talking about ethics or morals or a way of life, that Yeshua did not come to start a new way of life, a new religion, or a new morality, or even a new ethic. But he came to empower us to give us life in him, to be able to live robustly in the ways of God. Not a new commandment. And that is uh, what he is, uh, what he's telling them here. Okay? Now, I, I, but this is so, I'll say, so Jewish. But on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment. No, I'm not writing you a new commandment. But on the other hand, it is a new commandment. And this is what he means. On the one hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in him because the darkness is passing away and the light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So, What he's saying is, not a new commandment, you've heard it before, but yet he's saying, but on the other hand, it is a new commandment, because a new commandment because of the way that we interact with God. We interact with God differently now, in Yeshua, because he has shared that future life with us today. That is what is new. And so as we walk in the newness of life, his life, what's called eternal life, that we interact with God in a new way, the same commandments, but in a new way. And that is because the Ruach HaKodesh dwells within us. 
uh, Messiah abides in us, and we abide uh, in, in him. And John has said in another place that uh, the only way that we can live is by abiding in him and him in us, in uh, John chapter 15. Uh, and so it's, it's an old commandment in what it says. It's a new commandment in the way uh, that, it, that we live it out. And it's interesting that he articulates, when he says keep the commandments, he goes from uh, obedience to living like him to loving the brethren. So he continually narrows it down. And so what he's saying here is that if you really know him and if he abides in you, you're going to love the brethren and you're not going to hate your brother or your sister. See? And of course, uh, those of us that have been around the block a few times and have read the Bible a little bit, we know that what does John have in his mind? Love your neighbor as yourself. And Yeshua summarized those relational commands as love your neighbor as, as yourself. And it comes from uh, Leviticus, Vayikra, uh, in chapter uh, uh, 19 in verse 18 where it says, don't hold a grudge, don't take vengeance, but love your neighbor as yourself. And so it is an old command, but it is new in the sense that uh, of, of the way that we live it out as we abide uh, in, in him. Uh, and, uh, and so it is very interesting. Uh, some of the words here are, are rather interesting when he says in verse 8, on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So there is this, he recognizes this period of transition, which we're still in. The darkness is passing away, and the, but the light has come. There's a lot of darkness for that light to shine on, so to speak. And the light of Messiah has come and the darkness is passing away. And uh, all of us experience a progression of more and more light in our lives, Lord willing, and less and less darkness as we walk uh, with, uh, with him. So we need to ask ourselves, okay, uh, I say that I know him, I abide in him, uh, I have the light, and so therefore I have a desire uh, for God's word to live in his ways. I, I certainly uh, have a desire to live like Yeshua, uh, and most specifically, to love the brethren. Well, uh, here, let's talk now just in closing about how it is that we go about doing that. First, this issue of um, living like Yeshua. How do we live like him? Well, evidently, to live like him, as John articulates in these verses, very specifically, is you love the brethren. Okay, but that covers, that's an umbrella, right? It covers just about everything, loving the brethren, right? So living like Yeshua, walking in his ways. Sometimes we look at Yeshua's life, and of course, when he, by the way, when he's talking about in his ways, he's not talking specifically about his miracles or, uh, you know, or those kinds of things, or forgiving sins that Yeshua did. He's not talking about those kinds of things. He's talking about Yeshua's way of life, obviously. Yeshua's way of life. Uh, and uh, Yeshua commands us in the Sermon on the Mount about this way of life. 
everything from uh, forgiveness to turning the other cheek, uh, to, you know, to uh, a showing uh, extraordinary uh, humility, uh, uh, also of, of great kindness and a deference, uh, and dying to self in so many varieties of ways, and, and all those kinds of things. Sometimes when we compare ourselves to Yeshua in that way, it's a no-win. There's no way, right? There's no way. I can't just, how do I live like him? It's just going to be a life of abject failure because nobody measures up. Nobody measures up to God, right? Uh, you know how it says in Leviticus 19, you are to be holy as God is holy? Yeah, right, you know? Or be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect? How can that be, right? But <clears throat> it's kind of like this. Let's say you are, uh, you're an artist, uh, and you go to uh, an art museum, and you see these fantastic paintings. You know, it's amazing. I, I have a friend who is a, uh, an, an, a fine artist, and uh, I love going to an art gallery with this guy because he makes me get right up, like, first next to the painting. Okay, and see how the stroke is such and the color is such that it looks like there's really light shining, you know, in the painting. Or, or it's almost as if there are real tears of the person. And then we step back and we look at, right? Now, I could look at that and say, you know, just give me some paper and give me one of those little tins with the, you know, uh, a little basic colors and a little thing of water. I'm going to go to town, right? Or let's say I, I, uh, I'm a musician and, uh, and I hear uh, I'm so negligent as I can't even think. But let's say Beethoven came to life, okay? <laughs> or it was many years ago or whatever. Or just a concert pianist. We see them just going to town, you know? Like I saw on the news was it a couple of months ago, this like 11-year-old boy who um, uh, won a jazz uh, award or contest or something, really famous uh, award, uh, because he created this piece on a, on a piano, you know, or a classic piece. Imagine seeing a, a concert pianist play in such a way, and it just seems like they, you know, ho-hum, you know, they're, they're, they're going. So it's, let me sit down and, I mean, it's just putting your hands on the keys at the right time, you know, and the right, and, and, you know, in the right place. I kind of got some rhythm. I think I can handle that, right? Or uh, like a sports uh, figure, think of yourself as a, a baseball player thinking, all I have to do is hold a bat and the ball's going to come and all I got to do is swing and the law of averages, I will hit the ball uh, at some point. But if all, you know, like my dad used to say to me, keep the, keep the bat level and your eye on the ball. As long as I do those two things, what is the big deal? Or a football player uh, runs out for a pass and catches the ball. You know, it looks really acrobatic, but I think if I got out there and I took a few swan dives, I think I could probably handle that. Well, obviously, it takes a tremendous, tremendous amount of practice to, to become, so to speak, proficient, right? To, uh, 
to walk in those ways, to walk like a, a fine artist, or to walk like a concert pianist, or to walk like a, a famous baseball player or football player. It takes practice, and you aspire. And so when it says, walk as he walked, may I suggest that what we do throughout our lives is we continually see how he walked and continue to practice, practice how he walked, recognizing that we are not the Messiah, but as I practice, I will get better at it. And as I continue to practice and confess my sins when I fall down, which I will, I, and as I think about it and as I practice, I will become more like him. It is not just more inner knowledge. It is the presence of the Spirit of God, Yeshua dwelling within us via the Spirit, in us dwelling in Him, a desire for us to live that way, and practicing that life. It's how you learn a language. It's how our human bodies function. And that is how we are indeed uh, called to live. So what are uh, some of those ways that he lived? Well, he was really big on forgiveness. Yeshua was really big on forgiveness. He even cried out as he was dying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. All the way to the end, Yeshua forgave people. He bore, one, he bore people's burdens. He certainly prayed for people. He was really big on, uh, on wooing people into the kingdom of God. He was really big on meeting with people that were on the fringes of life. The people that would be um, people that we necessarily wouldn't want to be like or aspire to be, but people who are on the margins. Yeshua spent a lot of time with them, right? Uh, you know, reaching out uh, to those uh, who are in need. And there's a lot of, them, a lot of these things. Now, they're all given to us in the Brit Chadashah. You could call them commands, or you can call them instructions, uh, whatever, what, you know, whatever we want to say. For example, in Ephesians, in the uh, fourth uh, uh, chapter, in verses 31 and 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah has forgiven you. And they, you know, then it says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Just like what he's saying in First John, what John is saying there. And walk in love, just as Messiah also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God to be a, a fragrant aroma. And then, I, you know, just one other place is in Romans chapter 12. It's a real biggie there, right? Uh, here, uh, he says, um, uh, in verse 9, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind and diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devout, devoted to prayer, uh, uh, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. 
bless and curse none. He goes on and on. These are all descriptions of Yeshua's life and the way in which we should live. And so when you read these things or when you hear this about obedience, loving, abiding in him, living like him, don't get discouraged, okay? But just practice. So you know what that means? That means if somebody does something to you and now you have this thing and you have to forgive them, recognize, wow, here is an opportunity for me to practice forgiving. I'm going to practice forgiving and you know what? I'm going to keep forgiving until I get it right. You know what? I'm going to bear one another's burdens. I'm going to bear a burden. I'm going to share a burden with someone and I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to minister to them. Now, I might not get it right all the time, but that I'm practicing. When I don't get it right, I confess it. I'm going to keep practicing. Uh, forgiving, loving, showing hospitality, uh, being concerned for other people, you name it. Uh, not holding a, a grudge, uh, uh, not stealing, not murdering with our attitudes toward people and all of that kind of thing. Recognize, I may not get it perfect, but I'm going to keep practicing and I'm going to keep thinking about it and I'm going to keep working on it. And as I desire to walk like him and as the Spirit of God has his way with me and as I'm thinking about it, as time goes on, I will get much better at this. And that is what it means to walk in holiness, to, as we like to say, be progressively sanctified. It's not just more knowledge or more inner knowledge, but as I practice it uh, and I desire it and I have the Spirit of God, I will continue to live that out. And that, uh, my friends, is what John is driving at at uh, here in uh, 1 John. And don't we live in a world that certainly needs that? Well, I let us be encouraged and let us go to the Lord in prayer uh, as we think about these things. Let's pray. Lord uh, God, I pray that we would practice spiritual disciplines, Lord. Lord, I do pray that uh, we would desire, Lord, that we who say we know, who, know you, that we who say we abide in you, that we who say we walk in the light, Lord, may we be people who love your commandments, keep your commandments, live like you, and specifically love people. Lord, we do pray that, that that would be our mark, that we would really demonstrate that, Lord, and that people would see that and say, what is different about you, Lord? And we do uh, uh, pray, uh, God, uh, that uh, we would continue uh, in that walk with you. Lord, we do thank you for the life that you have given us uh, to be able to walk this way. Lord, may we really be free from bondage, slavery, to attitudes of uh, hate and uh, attitudes of disgust and attitudes of uh, grudges and uh, you know, and all the things uh, of impurity and immorality and divisiveness and those kinds of things, Lord. But may we be people who walk in your ways and display the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, uh, 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 patience, kindness, peace, self-control, Lord, and things like that. Lord, may we be known for that. God, and may we be able to share the good news 
uh, in the living that kind of life. And we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen.